welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. As emerging markets continue to have more impact on the way global organizations operate, we're seeing an increase in the number of Chinese and Asian expatriates on overseas assignments and taking up global roles. These individuals offer a different perspective and in some cases a different way of achieving results. And a great example of this is, uh, is Gang Zeng, who I'm here with today, who is uh, Global Vice President of Human Resources for Cargill's agricultural supply chain business. Uh, Gang's based in Geneva in Switzerland, previously from Singapore, and today we're discussing the rise of Chinese and Asian expatriates in multinational organizations. Gang, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon to you. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, your role at Cargill. Sure, sure. But you just mentioned that, you know, I, I'm the vice president of human resource for our global agricultural supply chain business. Uh, I have been with Cargill for 18 years now, started in China. I have a very short stay in, in Europe, um, and, um, you know, during my earlier career in the company. And in the last 15 years, I've been based in Singapore. So I just moved to Geneva three months ago. Um, into the summer. And uh, Gang, can you share with us some of the um, the misconceptions you've encountered about managing talent in China and uh, and throughout Asia? Well, there are probably many. Uh, so um, a couple of things come to my mind uh, when you think about the misconception of uh, talent in, in the emerging market. Uh, first of all, I think we have heard very often from the people saying that we do not have enough talent in Asia or in China to support the growth in the region. So, but if you look at it back, what happened in the last 10 years, last 15 years, most multinational companies who have operation in the region, whether their footprint or their revenue, has been grown at least two to three times over the last 10 to 15 years. So, who makes this happen? Of course, you know there will be you, you, you require the people, require the skill set coming from outside the region. But it's largely due to the people and um, the talent that we have in the region to make it happen. Uh, I, I think, you know, um, it's, a, it's a very easy to say that, well, we still we don't have enough talent. Uh, but if you look at the fact, look at what has happened in the marketplace, you, you, I think people, you will recognize that, you know, in fact, that there are people coming up um, in the region are supporting the growth uh, for, the, you know, for the business in the region. Don't forget that you know in most part of Asia we have you know the GDP growth at a, you know about six percent year on year. So with that growth rate, any people supply any talent uh, you know supply in the marketplace, you will always feel stretched. Similarly, so if one day Europe or or, or North America have the six percent GDP growth, no matter how good your Kind of your education system, how you, you know how deep your talent bench in the marketplace, you will always be feel stretched. So, so that's one of the misconception I I feel people have that you know oh we still don't have enough talent um, you know in Asia to support growth. We need to put it in the perspective, see under what skill of the growth and uh, you know what expectation for the local talent to deliver. So that's one. The second misconception, which I see very often, particularly from, from our multinational companies, is the way 
we just assess so-called top talent, particular on leadership talent. You know, very often and very easily people will say, well, they, they use their, their own lens or their own culture from the West to assess talent. So if this person is outspoken, if he speaks good languages, is a person, is have a courage to challenge his boss, is a person very charming and, and uh, very articulated, you know, uh, inspiring. So those are the norm, very common uh, kind of behavior we are using to assess talent. But very often we forget that you know, there is a different culture, there are different probably uh, behavior on how the talent shows up in Asia. You know, a classic example would be, you know, if you look at the President Obama, um, he is such, you know, inspiring and outspoken and, and show a lot of courage, you know, um, leader. But I'm not sure if his leadership style would be very well perceived by people in Asia. If you look at also, I think another example like President Xi from China, who's leading such a big economy and, uh, and uh, there were many things, you know, the, the leadership team have been facing since he took over, but he's been very well recognized uh, by the people in China as a great leader uh, in this century. However, if you use, you know, if you, you use the Western lens to look at the, his personality, the way he communicates, um, the way he, he brings people around, and, and the way he articulates, you know, on, on some of the his policies, I'm not sure if his style will be very well accepted and perceived by Americans. So we need to, so I, I think that it's human nature, it's very easy to use our own um, lens, or our own cultural background, try to assess or, or judge a leader. So it's important that we, when we come to Asia, when we assess the, uh, the talent here, we should also wear the, the lens of Asian, you know, so to see how Japanese, you know, um, perceive who is a good leader, uh, how Indian, how Chinese, um, their view about who, you know, should be or what a great, great, what a great leader looks like. So, Matt, so, Gang. Uh, yeah. Gang, do you foresee more employees from offices within Asia assuming leadership roles in Europe or North America? Or do you still see a lot of people from the Asia region not wanting to leave the region because of some of the factors you've, you've, you've outlined before, you know, this high economic growth? And I guess also, as we know, the abundance of um, career opportunities on their, on their home turf. Right, so I, I, Matt, I will say this happened, you know, it's already happening. We will see more and more people coming out of the, the region, working in you know, Europe, working in, in North America. Uh, I think it will continue happening. Uh, this is a very um, natural and logic. One, uh, I think there are more people getting the exposure and feel confident to get out of the country. Um, Two, uh, with uh, you know, as you mentioned, with the, with the economic development, with the economic power, you know, um, the emerging market has, has you 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 will see they are also extending you know expanding their territory you know to the western part of the world. So it's happening in a very natural way. They are sending the people from Asia to you know different part of the world. So I will see this will continue to happen. So 
so your question is, you know, what people, you know, what are kind of uh, the, the concern or, or why people, is this still happening for the people, you know, in Asia? To me, the most important thing is a mindset. So many years ago, you know, uh, when you, people think about your career, uh, even today, you, you know, um, interesting enough, uh, we have a dialogue with our talent in China a few months ago. We asked, uh, you know, people the career aspiration. You can see most of the people still think, you know, oh, I'm going to replace the expatriate, uh, you know, being the general manager for my location. Uh, I want to become the head of China. Not many people are uh, thinking about, you know, to go out of the country and, and uh, even to um, to take a global role. So our CEO uh, presented a challenge to them, said, well, all of you are the talent of global cargo. And uh, you should think, certainly think, you yourself, not a talent just for China, for Asia, you are talented about this organization. So you should have a mindset that, you know, I'm going to develop a career um, in this organization globally, not just within my own country, within my own region. So what advice, Gang, to conclude, would you give Asian leaders who want to get overseas experience? To me, I, you know, I think um, it's still um, the most important thing is mindset. Uh, so I think that I would encourage our people from coming from the, the emerging market should have ambition and should have a desire, you know, to uh, go out of the you know your comfort zone and to live and work in a different region. It's uh, you know as I mentioned earlier, um, people still you know feel more com- comfortable to see the environment they're familiar, but once you get out, uh, you get more exposure, you build your confidence. You can you can realize that actually you know there's no boundary for your career, and you can have a career in all in you know in all different parts of the world. So the mindset, the desire, and the ambition uh, to really become a global talent, to lead a, a business you know beyond their own culture um, and um, own country. Uh, so that's the most important thing. The second thing I would say, you know, there should be a system or, or should be a process to support um, the emerging, the talent from the emerging market, uh, to to encourage them and to help them getting out and uh, and to you know grow by taking um, up the challenge outside of the country. So that's the two things I I think is important, you know, for you know, individually how we, we prepare ourselves and also from an organization perspective, you know, how should we support people be more ambitious, you know, you know, getting out of their comfort zone. And that was Gang Zhang, Global Vice President of Human Resources for Cargill's agricultural supply chain business um, based out of Geneva, discussing the rise of Chinese and Asian expatriates and multinational organizations. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.